0: Season Quest Q and A with <laughs> with the you know all of the members of Season Quest, every single one of them. It's me, Lucy.
1: It's me, Charlie. <laughs> all of the members. <laughs>
0: all of us. All both of us. How are you today, Charlie?
1: I'm doing swell. Um,
0: it's it's so great that just the two of us can record to together. Season today. Quest no,
2: I'm I'm here. Smaller. Sorry, I'm very here. Hello.
0: So this is a Q&A for Heroes and Haunt, or just, just generally chatting about the last little bit of recording, um minus, you know, one of the guys. Troy's not here because he has COVID.
1: Troy, yet again, missing a Q&A session.
0: Yeah, it's, look, he's a busy guy. And the three of us have literally nothing else to do.
1: He's not busy. He has a disease.
0: He's busy with the disease. <laughs>
1: Gonna get, get busy looking. Getting get busy,
0: busy dying. with COVID. I
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna because we're gonna structure this like we structure all our Q and As where we just do a sort of, um, we'll do a general breakdown of Haunt and then we'll slip into Heroes and then we'll be done. Okay, I got places to be.
0: Um, so the way Haunt worked is for the house I did genuinely randomly generate it. I had every room assigned to a playing card. Um, the only things that weren't random about it was I kept adding rooms. Um, I think I started with about 25, and then I built it up to I think 40. And I held back the office of Holmes, and that's kind of all I did for that.
1: What's the office of Holmes?
0: That was the final room that uh, Holmes was in. His like office. Oh right,
1: Holmes. His name, not um, yeah. Oh not yeah. A plural of houses. <laughs> yes. It's, it's been um, a long time since we played Haunt. <laughs> it's
2: been a the minute. The Bureau of Houses. <laughs> go in there, you check, you check, you open up the filing cabinet. Oh, yeah, we got a fucking cabin here. It's the fucking Beach homeowners house.
1: association.
0: <laughs> and yeah, Holmes is based on the serial killer H.H. H. Holmes, who had this kind of, like, death house that um he would just fucking murder people in. Allegedly. No. The only allegedly is some people think he was also Jack the Ripper because the timing around Jack the Ripper ending in London and the killings or like Holmes being in America kind of line up. But that's the most flimsy circumstantial evidence fucking ever. Also,
1: that's kind of selfish for a serial killer to take up two. Niches, pretty much. That's that's not cool. Yeah, it also didn't kill commuter. people the same way. Serial killer community.
0: Uh, what's some other stuff in haunt that was interesting? Uh, um, the Charlie. Glass... Y- You're Charlie?
1: Yeah, Charlie. Is, Charlie oh, was just, just something interesting. Charlie was also based on the serial killer.
0: Great. Um, <coughs> the glass. <laughs> the glass pit is based off an episode of Criminal Minds, where someone built a murder house essentially. And there was this awful glass pit.
1: Remind the listeners what the what the whole thing of the glass pit was, for those of um, our listeners who don't remember. Was...
0: You're a fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, it was ages ago. Um, it's been a year. Yeah, essentially. There was a door that was shut and really difficult to get open, and the idea was that you would like run into the door to try to like, bash it open and fall into a glass pit. I think I, used a, I think I used spikes in yeah. the actual uh, recording. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I just said that and then I remembered that. Yeah. Um, Did you guys ever find the attic?
1: I don't remember. I think we got into an attic at some point. We got into a basement. We sure did.
0: And I can't remember, did you guys get the... You guys got the monkey paw, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was
0: my favourite thing I added. Because <laughs> monkey paw is silly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's when I was like, I'm going to be really good with this monkey paw. And then next scene i'm like man i wish there were uh fucking better ways to do this or some shit
0: it was so great
1: um i do want to say i think that
2: uh haunt has some of the best episode titles in season quest history hello to teaching can i have your attention that's episode one charlie's favorite card not not our best but still pretty good into the unknown fine shoot first questions later great one shoot is spelt like the like a shoot like when you slide down a shoot no, not like a gun. C H U T
0: E. Yeah,
2: C H U T E. Reflection detection. Zinc has mummy issues. Personal favorite of mine. Mummy. Uh, there's a monster in the basement. Familiar faces, places, and spaces. The darkest timeline two. Electric boogaloo. Mm. I fully forgot that we lost an entire recording session of haunt. That, yeah, that, that was, was so much time. more irritating than autumn because we had to redraw a bunch of cards and every single thing was completely different Mm.
0: yeah that was was... fucking
2: irritating (laughs) yeah but it did lead to i think a real like a lot of cool moments with um because that was when Tatsil found the kid i think i don't remember i think
0: both the darkest timeline for Horn and autumn had better outcomes for a better season so i think next time I think for Cosmos we record the entire thing, delete it, and then record it again.
1: Yeah,
2: let's do that for the first episode. Uh you don't know what would have happened in autumn. In autumn, uh it could have been fucking rad. You, you guys were me gonna meet away? a bunch of You oh, were gonna okay. meet a bunch of forest monkeys.
0: That was cool, so... but the way that session <laughs> ended and how it led into everything else was the best thing that could have happened to Autumn. Autumn's a great season.
2: Uh and then the last two episodes are the uh, schools back in session and making a house of homes. Yeah, you're right. Great great episode titles.
0: They're pretty good. Um so I really sarcastic. like no. <laughs> I really like "There's a monster in the basement" because it's just a statement and it's totally true. It's like that's what it looks like. It's actually a quote from the episode. It's one of the NPCs like screaming. But I just really like the idea of it just being like "There's a monster in the basement." Oh yeah, oh, cuz cool. they're talking
1: about they're talking about Tatchel. Um, speaking of names, let's, um, me and Tom had a bit of fun with our character names. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Thomas? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about our character names. My character's name was
2: Tetzel Vaughn Cullen. Tetzel is Lestat backwards, like the vampire from Interview with a Vampire. Very good. Vaughn was my dad's name. Mm. And Cullen is from Twilight. (laughs) Because I was a vampire. (laughs) That was good. So... So good Charlie, name. you wanna get you wanna continue your name? My Sorry, Horn is... was a really long time ago and I don't remember <laughs> the interesting story behind Tetzel's name.
1: At least you, you knew the origins because Zinc Doctor Minus two, Raptor's Revenge. I have no idea where I got that from. I think Why I just the kept the
0: fuck did you set up this question then?
1: <laughs> I it was one What's of
0: the questions from
2: the you? from the cast, from the Twitter. Sure. I just
1: I I remember I just kept adding names until I felt like it was enough of a mouthful and even then I feel like I probably could have added another sentence or two. It's it's my favorite name that I've had for a character in Season Quest definitely.
0: It's it's a very good name. I don't really have anything else I want to say about Haunt. That's all my things.
1: I had a snake, his name was Slippery, he was my friend. Oh, Slippery. I had a child. Don't remember his name. <laughs> that he was cool. It
2: was like Dev Dev Ross or something. I just want to say, a quick thing on Haunt. Um, about I think after Haunt, I said I'm never playing a Blood Hunter again. That they're not that fun. <laughs> but I think I just played a Blood Hunter kind of wrong, hmm. and it would be a lot more fun if I played it with more like emphasis on the Hunter part, I guess, or like more of a I don't know. I only use my transformation like twice total. Hmm. Once to. Once in the fucking, like, in the main scene where I used it, and then once against um, Homeowner. So Um,
0: actually, I have a question that I think is related to Haunt. So I based Haunt off one of my favourite board games ever, Betrayal at the House on the Hill.
1: That's the game. That's the bitch. That's
0: the game. If you guys could run a season, or run a campaign of any kind, based on a game, or like a property or something, what would you do? Ooh... Um, I have a pitch for another idea I would use, if you guys want time to think.
1: Yeah, go for it.
0: I think it would be fun to run a like one-shot based on the board game Kill Dr. Lucky. Kill Dr. Lucky is like reverse Cluedo, where instead of solving a crime, you're trying to kill Dr. Lucky, and everyone wants to be the one to kill him, so uh. you've got you've to try to do it without anyone seeing you or anything, and without um, the others stopping you.
2: That's really
1: so fun. So I
0: think that could be a really fun game. Like
2: Lucy's Law, because
0: I think, I think the, <laughs> I think the board game is fun in and of itself. Although I've never played it, I've only, I <laughs> own so many board games I've never played. Um, I would just want to lean into like the role playing aspect of it and more into the imagination. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that'd yeah. be fun.
2: Yeah, that that would be really. Fun. I think you could really do a lot of cool stuff where you and because I think you just encourage the players from the start. Hey, you know focus don't like immediately focus on the task focus on the role play and work stuff out that would be really fun
3: Mm.
2: (laughs) i'm trying really hard to think of a board game and i can't uh but i I can't think of two i can think of a movie that i'd love to do i would love to do gremlins (laughs) where you i've been thinking about this a lot because i was thinking i was trying to think of an r i could run where like gremlins are involved but then I thought, wouldn't it be super fun to have the players play as gremlins and their goal is just to fuck shit up? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we can design so like our own you, gremlins. Yeah, and you just have to you just have to go ahead, you'll you will set loose in a random setting, and your goal is to just fuck shit up and have a good time. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> um I would also love to do uh wacky races. Um <laughs> That'd be cool. D <laughs> thing where you just uh Devils. race and come up with cool cars and stuff um i don't know you how know, that would work in a in a tabletop setting but you know fun. tom
0: with um puppets you kind of did the board game alice is missing or the uh kind of ttrpg mm,
2: yeah i guess so I don't know.
0: yeah um it's a i game... want to play that again it's so much fun um it's a game where your friend has gone your friend Alice has gone missing and you're trying to find her but instead of being able to like talk to each other you're only allowed to message yeah it's a really good one we played it with um uh our friend me and Charlie's friend Tom's girlfriend Zion and it was really good
2: (laughs) I I, just to put it out there I would say that she's my girlfriend before she's your guys's friend um both in terms of length
0: I think about me first
2: don't talk about your length, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> My dick is five years long. Um, <laughs> oh, you know what? Tom, I did just think of me? a really good board game to make mm-hmm. into a. Tom. To run as a TTRPG. Um, Hive, which is like chess, but with bugs. And also not really that much like chess at all. They just say it's like chess. You kind of just have to make bugs fit together. It's really fun. But the whole goal is basically just to, like, protect the queen. So it would be really fun to play a TTRPG where you guys, you, your one goal is to protect the queen and stuff like that, but, like, things get in the way. I don't know how I would structure it, once again. But it would be fun, because I like Hive. Fun game.
0: Mm. Charlie, do you have one? I have two. Go for it.
1: Uh, first one would be Battleship. <laughs> <laughs> you you guys are, are on one of the Battleship's... Uh, among like a team of other people and you're just trying to search out your enemy and kill them um, a lot of radio contact <laughs> sort of shit going on a lot of uh, a mystery, <laughs> search and destroy what's that called? <laughs> just imagining
2: um, you have to roll a, a d20 and be like uh b16 and then you go miss. <laughs> and you just have to and keep trying like that
0: <laughs> okay here's part 2 of this you have two DMs running it. You've got people in separate places and they're trying to kill oh, each other. Oh, shit.
1: The DMs that would are working be really cool. together.
0: That'd be really fun.
1: And Liam Neeson's there for some reason.
0: No.
2: Liam Neeson's not,
3: not in
1: the invited. Battleship movie, is he? Yeah,
2: he is. What? Pretty sure. Are you sure? I'm I'm mm, positive I'm, you're I'm... wrong. Would you like to bet on Anyhow. It? Yeah, on, I listen. will bet you five hey. puppet, bu- puppet bucks. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna Google it. I'm googling it first. Okay, well then. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Damn it.
0: <laughs> Tom.
1: He what plays do you say, Admiral Charlie? Shane. He plays Taz Shane.
0: <laughs> I think that'd be a really great thing to say instead of an apology every time. Just be like, he plays Shane. He plays Admiral <laughs> Shane. I'm sorry. Charlie, what was your other game?
1: Uh, Operation, but like, <laughs> you instead of like tweezers. From like a top up kind of thing, you guys are all miniaturized, and the map is the guys. You're body. thinking
0: Magic School Bus.
1: Yeah, a bit of Magic School Bus in there, <laughs> but like the map is actual Mr. Operation, whatever his name is.
0: That's pretty good. Um, I have one more th- uh, answer to put in: HeloPagos, which is a board game where you're trying to survive on a deserted island.
2: Mm. It certainly wouldn't I work think... in D and D, because your ranger would just it, yeah. cast Goodberry.
1: And then your wizard would teleport. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not D and D but like a a something else. I think that'd be a really fun that'd be like the worst R ever. You're on a deserted (laughs) island. (laughs) Lost. Or the best R.
2: Now it is time to move on to heroes, I think.
0: Yes.
1: Unless you wanna keep riffing about board games that you would make into a tabletop. I just wanna (laughs) say I I think I already said this, um, in haunt probably but the reason i, I made that character was because i just watched drunken monk
3: yeah, yeah and i also gave charlie
2: turn. the hot tip to take one level and fight it which gave yeah. him a d8 punch power
1: yeah that was great thank you
2: not actually that useful in retrospect because uh, you lose a level of monk nah. but yeah um All right. Heroes. the nitty-gritty should we go through here instead of going episode by episode because there's 26 episodes it's going to take forever should we go through like sections right
1: yeah, cause I actually I do have some questions for you guys too. Let's just do a little pre-chat about how heroes came to be, Charlie. All right. So um, I I was looking up shit to to do for my next season of season quest, and I didn't want to do D and D because um, we'd been pretty D and D heavy, except for ah, uh, uh, except for um, anthology. Yeah. In total. So I found masks, and it was like fucking perfect because it was mostly. Roleplay, like rules light, but like the rules were set really well. And I got really excited and I started planning the season with my good, very good friend Nick, who was a guest in Awe. And we, we got this really nice little concise 12 episode sort of planned together. And I was, I was <laughs> so excited. It was this fun little uh, twist villain um, with. Uh, a bit of setup and a lot of fun. Other villains that we all sort of brainstormed, and then uh, I think this was before we started, or maybe like after the it first was episode.
0: After the first session, I think the same yeah. day I messaged you. Yeah,
1: after we after we played the first session, which went I think very well. Uh, Lucy messaged me, "Do you want to extend it?" Uh, I've been like thinking about extending one of our season quest seasons, and I think Heroes could do very well. To be double the length of what you planned and uh, my immediate thought was fuck no fuck that absolutely fucking not and then i had a little sleep and i had some dreams which uh, people do from time to time uh, and then i woke up and i was like i'm a goofy little hero boy who loves goofy little heroes i can fit so much more in if i have 24 episodes so then i was like "Fuck yeah let's do this I can fit in a beach episode if we do this. Yeah, I
2: think everyone was really excited for heroes to be extended because, just like Charlie, I love superheroes, but I think we'd also all made characters that we really liked, mm. Um, mm. which is kind of a rarity for Season Quest where uh, <laughs> we all immediately like our characters and don't hate them. Normally I hate my characters, but, you
3: I don't know, think um, sometimes really Troy hated...
1: doesn't like his voice. <laughs> uh, I guess I, I didn't like doing Baza because I always felt like I was upsetting everybody with that voice <laughs>
2: i i'm i'm someone who usually can take a little while to get into characters that i have made because usually because i'll usually come up with an idea for a character way before we record i'll like months in advance i'll plan my character like for cosmos i had my character in mind when troy told us that the concept was space stuff yeah so I'm like awful for that because I'll come up with a cool idea and then I won't go off it even if I'm like not keen on it that much anymore. <laughs> which is what happened with Tatsil and um kind of what happened with Oliver as well. But when I do like a character I love them, like Fisher. So you know. Yeah. Can Fischer I
0: just say really awesome. quickly? Charlie, yeah. you I didn't send you a message and then you said you replied the next day. I sent you a message. Then three days later I sent you a message saying, Hey <laughs> <laughs> Alright, maybe it took me
1: it took me a little bit longer than I thought to get on board. And
0: then and then you said, Maybe I'll answer more tomorrow. I'm just busy at the second and I went,
1: Okay. And then
0: three days later
1: <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it took me a little me, bit
0: longer. <laughs> this is it's something that It's something Charlie does where if he doesn't have an immediate answer, if he doesn't understand what you've said, instead of asking for more information, he will stop talking to you. (laughs) Him and I were in a conversation the other night and I made a joke and I don't think he understood and so he just stopped talking to me.
2: (laughs) It's interesting because I was trying to talk to Charlie last night and he deliberately ignored me because he hates me. I don't hate you. So uh, no, I I also think it's funny that I don't know if this was before you messaged Charlie or not, but Lucy also messaged me saying, "Hey, would you be okay with uh this this being the double season instead of like instead of anything else?" Because I know you like superheroes, and I was like, "Yeah, for sure, that would be really fun." And then you, and then Lucy said, "Cool, I'm gonna ask Charlie soon," and I was like, "Oh yeah." i feel like he's more important to ask than me i think we were hanging out that day so it made sense
0: from memory (laughs) i had already asked charlie but he hadn't replied (laughs) (laughs) I yeah also we had to like Uh, actively move your season and you and i talk about season quest a lot tom
2: yeah we're little fucking assholes
0: it's yeah we're genuinely just the worst
2: I mean, I am glad we moved my season because it, le- it gave me time to think about like which system I wanted to use and stuff. Because I was going to use Call of mm. Cthulhu, but I don't think that was the right system. And then I found out about Kids on Bikes. This isn't about puppets. We shouldn't be talking anyway. about puppets. Uh, let's go through our characters real quick.
0: Yeah, sure thing. Do you want to go first, Tom?
2: Yeah. I uh, I made Fissure, also known as Gino Gideche Jr. Gino Gideche... Yep. Um,
0: I think you got it right. I
2: just wanted to play it I wanted to play a New Yorker. Charlie sent us a message of every member of the six. Mm-hmm. Seven, six?
1: Six. Seven is the boys. The seven
2: is from the boys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I my plan for my character was because I really liked the way that Mass does playbooks. It kind of gives you like a broad idea of what your character's like thing might be. So my thing was transformed is what I picked. And I looked through all of the six to find out which one of them I could be the red-headed stepchild of. And Rift was just like... I had a few ideas. I think f- I, I thought about Ice Kate and being like a big uh, ice golem. I thought about... Uh, I, had, I had a few that I talked to Charlie about, but we decided yeah, that Rift was the coolest one. I think you, R- you talked about one. Dr. Density, too. Um, yeah. Uh, and we just, we just like... When I said what Fissure, my idea for Fissure was, Charlie was like, just do that one. That one's the coolest. He didn't even, like... Normally when Charlie, Charlie normally will be like, oh yeah, that's cool to everything you say, but you know that he really likes something when he says, uh, <laughs> only one of them is cool. When he's like, I, I don't, I don't even give a shit about everything else you just said. I like this idea. So I, I went with Fissure and I think that was the best idea too. Cause like it gave him sort of a personality already where he could be timid without the mask, but with the mask, like a bit more confident, mm. which is something I always love in superheroes. That's why I love Spider-Man so much. Spooderman. So, yeah, I and Fissure is, I think, like, a really cool power set yeah, to it. have in a TTRPG because it gives you space to have creative solutions to problems, but also, like, definitive weaknesses, which I think is really important for a superhero. Yeah, absolutely. I love superheroes, just like Charlie. Um, probably sure. less than Charlie, but, like, <laughs> I read comic books. Yeah. Uh, Lucy Time.
0: Um, so, when I... <laughs> I often like basing stuff on something I'm, like, super into, or quite obsessed with. So, like, Bungo, I was, like, a wizard and I was excited about that, but I liked the idea of being a Womble. (laughs) So my my character... for Which is why you were a gnome. Which was as close as I could get to be a little Womble. Yeah. And then, like, for Haunt and Spring, I based them on a board game I like, and, um like unsolved mysteries and cryptids and stuff which i'm also super into so that's why i was so excited for gracie because like thinking of superpowers i had a really hard time coming up with gracie as i do with like a lot of my characters i'm so bad at thinking ideas for them but once i've got something i'm quite set so when i landed on having a magic eight ball, i was so fucking excited um i just had to figure out how any of it would work i knew it would be magic eight ball related and that's kind of all i had mm. and then just everything else came after that
1: yeah I I mm. think I remember like helping you out with what your powers might be and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, we went back and forth a lot on ideas because yeah, there was yeah there were quite a few different ideas that would go around it. I didn't like the idea of actually being able to tell the future because that railroads you. Yeah. And it railroads us because you have to force storylines.
1: Yeah. And like, I, I I did that on my own. I put another future seer in there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but your prophecy was quite vague.
1: Yeah, that's the best way. little, little tip for you uh, emergent DMs out there. Make up a prophecy, fill it in later. Keep it vague.
0: <laughs> another tip for emergent um, DMs out there. Just don't make a fucking prophecy.
1: No, prophecies are so fun. They're some of the best parts of DMing because you... You make a vague-ass prophecy, and then you, you fill it in later, and the, your players would be like, oh, holy shit, how did you know that would happen? Not you guys, because you guys know my shtick.
0: We see like... fucking through you.
1: <laughs> but you can look well, really smart.
2: Yeah, I think um, there's, a, there's a spell in d d called Augury where you can ask like your DM a yes or no question, and it will be like, the, the dm has to tell you the information but they can also just say like maybe or i don't know because they don't know what's going to happen because it's a role-playing situation
3: yeah. which is
2: which may which is what um you saying the thing about being able to tell the future railroading lucy it just made me think of that it's like the concept of in a tabletop being able to tell the future makes no sense that's why every fucking time related dnd subclass is just like you can re-roll your dice once per day <laughs> Because, like, you can't fucking know what's going to happen. Um, I'll quickly talk about Troy's character, because Troy can't. Uh, Troy's character was Snowflake Supreme, uh, also known as... Uh, Chip- Chilton. Ch- yeah, Christopher, Christopher. Chilton. Uh, he was... Uh, he'd frozen his boyfriend, Wade, in ice and was super, super powerful. And yeah. a little bit silly as well. Big Get fan of puns. Yeah. I think that was the main reason why Troy was happy to go for 26 episodes, because Troy doesn't get to be as punny as Snowflake Supreme was (laughs) in normal instances. Because superheroes, you're allowed to fucking make terrible puns because you're a superhero. You're a comic book character. um... And there's
1: there's something with ice heroes and ice villains that, like, it always turns the puns up, like, 100%. Oh, yeah, I mean... If you have ice powers, you're doing puns.
2: I mean the fact that people still quote the fucking line from Incredibles where Frozone says uh freeze to everyone like it's the most <laughs> unique and incredible thing in the world when all he did was make a very 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 easy
1: to reach ice pun or or it shows. everything it... that um Arnold said in the in the Batman movie <laughs> Yeah exactly
2: Um okay we've broken down the characters let's let's go on to the first arc which is like us learning how to be a team and how to be superheroes. Because we were already kind of a team beforehand, but yeah. we were pretty dysfunctional. But now we've sort managed to
1: bridge that Young gap. The Young Justice Teen Titans sort of get together and become a team arc. Yeah.
0: I didn't realise, as Gracie, I was going to be so, like, take charge, kind of leadery as I was. Which is fucking crazy, because that's just who I am as a person. Like, that's just how I act.
1: <laughs> and also... It it fills in the the sort of role of there's there's always a thing of like the less powered or the non powered heroes on the team somehow always get like the sort of leadership roles, like Robin on Teen Titans mm. and Batman and Justice League, that sort of shit. Well,
0: I think it's because yeah. they well, have to think... behave as a human. Mm. And they can't solve all the problems with powers. They have to kind of think more critically.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd also say because before we started playing we we, we talked about how because in in masks there's like a system where it's like your leader you get a amount of points based on your leader of the team or whatever right and the leader can shift based on like what happens and we kind of like talked about it and we're like well we, we probably won't have like a leader because there's only three of us that feel a little weird mm-hmm. but then the moment we started playing it was really clear that gracie was the leader because troy because snowflake supreme was like very uh new blood very anxious about powers and fissure was like fucking like incompetent <laughs> <laughs> like he had powers and he was able to use them but he was not like smart or um plan capable he was just sort of like th- he, he was just able to do the superhero stuff yeah and and gracie um, had industry experience
3: mm. and yeah, yeah exactly I was also gracie
2: just... was the ceo of the freedom fighters llc <laughs>
0: I just get really excited to do stuff. <laughs> it's it's it, in puppets we like towards the end of it. Me and Charlie's characters were arguing, and he was like, "You were like fucking detective, like take charge." Da, da, da. And I was in my head, I was like, "I didn't mean to be." I just really, <laughs> I just really love doing things. I love solving stuff. I'm the exact same in an escape room.
2: Lucy's the ideal person to have in d and D game because mm-hmm. you don't have to railroad Lucy. Yeah. Lucy will take you you throw you throw like a fucking hook into the water and Lucy's grabbing that shit. You don't <laughs> even have to bait for it. The hook. You can just you can just say you could just say fucking uh, oh yeah, there's this guy in the side of the room and Lucy, I go talk to the
1: guy. What does he say? You, you say I, this is bait and Lucy's like, I eat it.
0: You know when you have to like capture a cat so you can take it to the vet?
3: <laughs> yeah. It's
0: yeah, and you put something in, like, a little a little box. I would be there as you were putting it in. I'm very, very easy to, like, get to do whatever. And I'm also incredibly gullible, which doesn't help. But I have a lot of fun. The first yeah. session of D&D I ever played, I put on a cursed ring because Charlie told me it was there. Like- <laughs> um.
1: I haven't heard the end of it since...
0: No, because uh, the entire campaign was based on you fucking me, dude. <laughs> you just
1: what, no, okay. Constantly. Hold
2: on, so listen at home. Not literally. Not literally. Not literally. <laughs> we're not. We're it not that kind
0: of table. You, it was about you ruining Howard Morris's life and my yeah. spirit.
1: Well, it's also because um, I I found a really cool um what's it called um when you mix up the letters and you find a new anagram. Uh, anagram is it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, it I think 4? it is I don't remember. Shadow Mirror. I remember you For telling Howard me Morris. that at the
0: time. Yeah, mm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? How did you find that?
1: I don't know. I don't remember. He used an
2: anagram solver. Probably that. Yeah. I guarantee you. He probably the moment he starts the, any D and D game, he types everyone's <laughs> name into an anagram <laughs> solver to see how he can <laughs> fuck them.
1: Um, All my secrets. Emerging DMs. Or
2: or Charlie is also insane. And I would believe that he just fucking like like instantly notices anagrams when he reads them. (laughs) That's the kind of shit that Charlie would do.
1: I think what it probably was was I noticed that the letters like shadow uh, that Howard Morris has a lot of vowels and could probably be an anagram. And then I looked it up.
0: Do you know what my favorite bit of that interaction then was? Was you being like, yeah, I found an anagram for Shadow Mirror. And I immediately, even though you had already told me, being like, what was it of? <laughs> My name! <laughs> <laughs> I did that at the time as well. I'm very I'm very bad with letters.
2: So let's break down the villains of he- of the first Heroes arc. Yeah. We'll go up until I Eyeball,
1: just... I guess, here. Yeah, I was just about to t- talk about that. Because... Um, the, the villains that you got in the first few episodes were the ones that I had planned um, with Nick to be, like, at first, really basic, easy-to-beat villains that throughout the series would get more and more powered up by, like, Lightbulb's plans. Mm. And um, it didn't come through, I think, partly because of the extension and partly because I can't keep on track. But, like, the, yeah, the original plan was, like... Some of it came through, like with Woodchip, for example, where he discovered that if he became a cannibal, he could turn people into wood. Like that was one of our first planned things. So all those villains were meant to return a lot more. They they did
2: return, and I think I think they returned an appropriate amount because any more it would have become like boring. You would have been like, yeah. oh my god, Charlie, you're just, you know, you can't keep repeating the same villains. But they appeared twice, uh, yeah. like after their first appearance, they had sort of an extra one where you after. They appear with the Halo thing, and then they appear after we've learned the plan, and we can co- and yeah. by then we have a relationship with these villains, and we can sort of use that. True. Then we did, uh, and then we went to Storm Drain after we've sort of figured out that they have some sort of um, team dynamic, and we go to the Storm Drain base, and yeah. that was really cool. Uh, I, I teased... uh, That was when I
1: started to really explore my powers. Yeah, fuck yeah! I teased some of the villains um, in that sort of. Uh, villain hideout that um those villains like didn't really come up I think Yeah, like, I think the... we made yeah. most of them. Yeah. I think I just sort of uh left them on the wayside like I some of them were like villains that you guys came up with and like I asked each of you to come up with a villain <laughs> that would that we would interact with and I only ended up using Tom's one. No,
2: you used Troy's one. What? Um, It just didn't last very long right? Because it was Flaming O
1: No no Troy's one was Green Man
2: Oh did Troy not come up with Flaming O? No That's crazy that sounds like such a Troy tier villain
0: (laughs) (laughs) Troy tier Did I come up with anything?
1: Yeah you came up with uh, I think it was like the Annuller or something And he ends friendships
0: (laughs) That's I remember that Fun fact I didn't actually come up with that, I <laughs> couldn't think of anything, and I was talking about this at, at work, and one of my co-workers came up with that.
3: <laughs>
0: and I thought it was really funny. That was the great thing about my last job, is I forced people to talk about D&D with me.
1: Yeah. Cyan, I think, Cyan doesn't take that. I think no, Howl- me
0: and Cyan just play little games.
1: Howaldini was teased in that little villain outcove. And- you guys never interacted with him i don't think one of my favorite villains in concept yeah um he's so silly uh, he ties himself up to turn off the werewolf stuff but he's an escape artist so he always escapes
2: but that but that wasn't he wasn't called Haldini was he what was he called before there was
1: i think because we were the ones one who started the... calling him Haldini and Werdini. i think he had a worse name for him no, I think Haldini was my name for him. And then, like, there was, there was talk of, like, calling him were because instead of who, it's were, werewolf. Uh
0: Just really quickly, I have some questions from the Twitter.
1: Yo! Okay.
0: I also just want to say really quickly in the group, uh, something I saw in the group chat that I don't think Charlie's seen is a um, receipt for Tom sending you $5.
1: Tom sent me $5?
0: He lost your battleship bet oh
1: shit (laughs) (laughs) thanks Tom Um,
0: these are all from I Hate Season Quest which is an actual Twitter account someone made after the episode of Puppets where I said someone should make the Twitter uh, it'd be better if their Twitter account was called I Hate Season Quest (laughs) which I think is just really iconic here's the first set of questions what's it like running a game for Tom how did you know you wanted Tom as one of the main characters instead of the creative genius who runs the game how do you all decide whose turn it is to comb his moustache?
2: Jesus Christ. I'm trying to figure out, still trying to crack the code of who I Hate Season Quest is. I think it's Brad, but genuinely I will never know. I don't
0: think it's Brad. He okay. just talks I, like um,
2: Brad. <laughs> I have a I think real it's Brad's, answer. Uh, Brad's account to stay in the community
1: <laughs> without having to <laughs> actually talk to me. I have a real answer and a, a, a true answer. Okay.
0: A real and a true answer?
2: yeah my, my i'll just answer. answer the mustache one first i okay. accidentally sorry uh, that that's just no, the no, most no. important question by far i yeah. accidentally shaved my mustache recently so it's currently growing back at the moment no one combs my mustache accidentally charlie i was shaving and the razor slipped and i shaved about like a decent chunk off my mustache because i was trying to shave the little nubbin the little like bits that make it a mutton chop and I, I trimmed a little too much off the side and I went, okay, either I trim it down to like, try and make it as even as possible, but then I've got a very short mustache or I just give up and shave it all. It was that or a Hitler mustache, right? So <laughs> it's currently coming back, but it, it, it's, it's been, I've only been growing it back for a couple
1: of weeks. So it's not really there yet. No. Charlie? Rest in peace. My, my real answer is running sessions for Tom is a fucking nightmare. He is a maniac who will do things that you could never plan for. And most of it is just playing catch up with Tom's crazy fucking brain. And the true answer is um, I love running for Tom because he's got a maniac brain and it really helps me (laughs) develop my skills as a DM. And he he understands DMing in a way that when you when you get, like, in a place where it's like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do next, he's got something to do. He'll, he'll bring up a new thing, and you'll be like, oh, sweet, we can do that. Fuck yeah. I do like the way that both
2: of those were your true answer. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said the true answer is, and then said that you hate me, and then you said the true answer is that you also like me. It's, so I'm glad that you're as true. bipolar... I also want to say in regards to like, when you would, I can, I always, I don't really necessarily care so much about like having fun a lot of the time. Cause the thing that's really fun for me is making a cool story. So the first yeah. thing in the front of my mind is always to make a cool story. So I'll always, if anything slows down and there's not story going on, I'm going to force a story in there somehow, something <laughs> yeah. relevant. What Even if it's tiny, I'll try force it. in. And that's, that's um, always appreciated which is, from a DMC. I'm also going to say, uh, just while we're here, I'll go through Lucy and Charlie what it's like to run for them, um, because running for Lucy is exactly what Charlie said, where it's a psychopath who does insane things. But also, Lucy is so crazy that she doesn't even understand when half the things that half the crazy shit she does is crazy. She thinks so, the stuff yeah. she does is normal. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll you'll be like you'll be like oh yeah, so this thing happens and Lucy will go ah uh, what if I just like climbed up this tree and then shot a bird and the bird landed on his head and you're like what? and, and you're like it makes sense in my head okay you can try it dude sure and yeah. then it works and you're like okay cool Lucy
0: an example <laughs> from our personal campaign is I was like yeah I understand that what is happening is evil but what if I just um, went along with it and I allowed <laughs> and I just got hypnotized and it was fine and Charlie's like well okay okay <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun
2: (laughs) um and then running for charlie is like running for someone who's just so excited to be able to actually play the game that he uh (laughs) likes so he's always going to take any opportunity to use his cool abilities that he has spent hours researching (laughs) and then also he's always going to try and do the thing that either makes the most sense or makes the least sense but there's never an (laughs) in-between so that's that's charlie and then sounds about right uh, Troy. Troy is gonna just be as chaotic as possible.
3: <laughs> Troy just um, loves
2: chaos. For,
1: honestly Troy, he does. Just be prepared for betrayal with Troy. Straight up.
0: For for me for running running for the guys is very strange because they've both been DMing me for way longer. Charlie's been DMing for me since like twenty nineteen, like consistently, and then Tom like on and off and then in like twenty twenty a lot of shorter campaigns and then we've been doing like longer running campaigns and stuff and you guys so a lot of what I learnt is from you guys <laughs> <laughs> um, which makes it a very strange experience to be on the other side of but almost all of my deeming has been on mic and you guys are very good at just being very nice about it and not like letting me railroad as per se but being like yes that we understand this is a story you're telling let's tell yep. the story um, which is yep. really it nice. It goes back
1: to a Goes back to the Tom thing is that Tom just understands story structure and he like he's in,
3: mm-hmm.
1: he does it. Well, I think I think yeah,
3: everyone here understands with...
2: story structure at least a little bit. So let's yeah. not let's not just brag about Tom too mm-hmm. much because otherwise you might give I Hate Season Quest a um, uh, he won't have a reason no, to uh, exist because suddenly Tom's too I'll, cool. Uh, so we need to make Tom sure that we bully Tom a little I bit.
1: I fucking hate Tom. He's he's a chaos yeah. monster <laughs> and his his yep. ADHD is very apparent end season quest
0: (laughs) another question from i hate season quest is do you guys know how good your campaigns are i'm actually including that's not from i hate season
2: quest lucy yes it is that's from i hate no it's from i hate i hate this it's a different guy
0: oh i'm sorry this is the one that likes charlie okay
1: i love you i hate this you're a you're a Uh, a shining star you made my day my week my year my life (laughs) mwah actually true charlie still talks about that with me frequently <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm including this because i think we've all got quite intense imposter syndrome when it comes to dming me and tom especially mm. we both like can kind of only think about the flaws of our seasons <laughs> which is a really strange thing to try to let go of when you know you're going to upload it like mm.
3: there's,
0: a, there's a weird pressure we've given ourselves by doing this silly little hobby
1: Yeah, I've felt that like from the beginning of my DMing and at a certain point I don't know when but I just like sort of left that aside and have become a confident DM like I still have that feeling of oh that wasn't a good session or like I could have done this better but I try to make sure like I it's almost like a sort of fake it till you make it thing I make sure after each session I like sort of think about like what I did good and what I can like further on the story because of what I did and it really fucking helps. Like if you just if you sit down after a session and be like that was cool what I did. I'm a good DM. It helps so much. That's mm. that's my little that's my little thing.
0: How long have you been DM for, just real quick?
1: Uh since 2014 2015.
0: Okay, yeah. Cuz I was going to say the time thing helps.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, time absolutely helps. Um I used to I used I'm to pa- plan like f- uh, for a full fucking week and it through a combination of experience and laziness i i have cut that time down to like planning the day before and still getting like the same quality session
3: mm.
1: yeah i
2: i think that um the when when i get imposter syndrome from D D, uh it's it's easier for me to upload season quest because that's like like i'm not the only one who's doing it so it's not for me you know what i mean it's for like you guys right so like if i'm not happy with how i dm'd it that's fine because it, it still is gonna go up because at least you guys had fun and we told jokes and stuff mm. which is why it's a lot easier for season quests but also i think i i'm pretty 50 50 on like feeling terrible about how i dm because sometimes i'm like so overconfident about how my DMing session went you know what i mean mm. like when i started autumn i was really unhappy with it and then when i when we finished autumn i was really happy with it because i got that like balance down i think it's a it's a it's a balancing act you know yeah and i also think that there's a lot of points where i really appreciate you guys as players because i'm able to be like hey what have i done wrong here like like what works here what doesn't work here what do you guys what would you guys want to change in a like recorded session it's a lot harder to to fix those things but also like in something like puppets where it was a mystery and i didn't want you guys to like know a bunch of stuff it was harder to be like hey is this is this mystery working for you guys is this working but i also like as a writer always want to recognize my flaws so that i can
1: improve later on so and that's almost i think that's that's... like a good feeling like it part of part of the getting your confidence as a dm is being able to look at the maybe your mistakes or some things you would have changed and being happy that you can recognize them because that shows you're getting better it shows that you understand that, yeah. that was a, f- a flaw of your system, and you can improve it next time you go. So it's like, when you recognize those things, you are telling yourself, I'm already better than that. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Thank you for your question. I hate this. Um,
2: I... Um...
0: I'm... gonna talk now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh... Oh, sure thing. Obviously. Uh... <laughs> for some for reason, me... in my
2: head, you'd already talked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, for Season Quest, I base how good a session is on how much fun we have.
3: Hmm.
0: I have always felt that the more fun we have recording, the better the episode is.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's why I wanted to do a double season for Heroes, because I had so much fun in that first session, and I just, I loved us all being superheroes. <laughs> I have less fun DMing, I think. Fair I find, because I, like, I know Charlie's, like, yeah, with experience and stuff, you can plan less and it's fine. I'm not very good at thinking on my feet in depth. I can come up with ideas but I need I need stuff to fall back on. Mm. So I have to plan to a degree. I, I'm not super intense with planning if I've got like a roadmap, I can follow generally. Mm. But I find that very stressful and then I find DMing very stressful. So, so I still have fun but not as much fun. Um, yeah, so to fair. me my seasons don't feel as good because I know I'm not having as much fun. Because when I'm playing a character, I get so invested, I just throw myself into it, and I don't have to think about any of the, like, numbers stuff, because a lot of it I just know already. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm i okay with my seasons. My I have a lot of fun
1: in yeah. your seasons.
2: Yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my god, he's just being quieter. <laughs> I don't think he had fun. Oh my god, no.
2: I, I want to say for, like, new DMs, and I guess also, like, DMs who already are uh, like experienced. Something that took me a really long time to figure out was like early on in DMing, people always tell you not to over plan. But I think that that's a really loose sentiment that doesn't actually mean what they say. So instead of saying like, instead of thinking like, oh no, I shouldn't plan too much because if I plan too much, it's all going to get ruined. Plan as much as you want. You can plan like a full book worth of like how things are going to go. Yeah. Just keep in mind like what your players are are like and how they're going to move through things don't uh instead of saying don't over prepare or don't over plan think about it more like um don't expect your players to move in the path of your preparation feel like Mm.
3: keep
2: keep things in mind like keep things shifting always like you don't need to just because there's like oh this is like a a bandit outcrop here but they don't go to that you could reuse that later on when they go into Mm. a city and they can fight some like no no do wells you know what i mean like yeah. it doesn't have to be things can be very fluid so just keep your like plans pretty fluid and everything will be good i usually plan like four different main paths and then if the players go off of any of those main paths i'll just like slot something in
1: yeah that sort uh, or I'll of try work something out that's that's um i i think it's it's called the quantum troll where like you plan a encounter with a troll down a sp- specific street. Uh, the players don't go down that specific street, street, but you still have that tr- troll in that encounter. You just slot it in somewhere else. And on a larger scale, I, in, at least in my experience, over planning when I started DMing was what got me my world. So it's it's basically like instead of planning specific routes, I planned like the the background, the world building, the um yeah the Calamities that might happen within the world, and if you do overplan that, then you are able to sort of adapt to the player's whims because you have the background of your world in mind uh, most of the time. Yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 over planning. You have to sort of, and in, in my experience, uh, go more generalized than streamlined, and then you mm. have if, a world to play with. It's like when you're writing a story, and you and you
2: know how each character is going to act right Mm. or you know how like the world around them is going to function so you can put these characters in any place within that world or put anything in any place in that world and you know how the like you if you let's say you put like two characters that you've written in an escape room then you know how those two characters are going to clash in the escape room because you know how they function Mm. and it's the same with like a world where it's like if you put if, if you have, like, this, like, haunted forest, right, and things are crazy and, and paths twist and turn, then once you put anything in that in that setting, then you know how that world is going to interact with the characters. So I think that's something that's good to keep in mind, too, even if it's a little hard to keep track of when you first start, um, mm-hmm. is, like, keeping things fluid, but also things that, like, are... Uh, th- things that make sense to you as, like, a world will be a lot easier to improv through. Mm. If that um, makes sense. I don't know if I just rambled about nothing. That makes sense.
0: For me, my favourite part of Spring was the bit in Jevedon because I built it like an open-world video game mm. where I knew generally who was there, I knew what places you could go in it, and I had kind of how those worked. And then I had a, story, a basic storyline that was going to happen but that was only based on time. Where was like mm. cool on the first night this is going to happen and then this is going to happen in the morning. And that's just like a couple like basic lines of like this is what the world's doing and then you guys can move around that.
1: Mm. Fuck yeah.
0: And then because I liked yeah. that so much that's what I based haunt on. <laughs> the idea of Yeah I, and
2: and that yeah, the world. The other thing that made Gemadon really cool was that we were able to like we knew so much about the space from your description of it and from like what you'd shown us. That we could make individual plans for what we wanted to do. Like I could go and be waiting in someone's place while everyone else goes and explores to look for werewolves. Mm. And then when they find them, I can run over and try find it, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, that was really fun, and that's the sort of stuff that's like as a as a GM, it's it's like nice to have that sitting planned. Mm. Yeah,
0: and there are some things that just like you don't necessarily have to plan down to a T. Like for Jevedon, it's a small town. It has all the small things you'd expect in like a medieval small town. And you don't have to be like, cool, this is the tavern, this is everything about it. You're like, there's a tavern. You can just make up a name. It's the big octopus. That's what the tavern's (laughs) called. And you can just come up with whatever if you've got a basic idea. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Gone are the days of the classic Gary Gygax, go through a dungeon, go to the next dungeon, keep going through dungeons. It's just a lot more sandboxy nowadays yeah um back to heroes
2: uh then we fought eyeball after that which was really Mm. cool that was the villain i came up with Mm. uh (laughs) after storm drain so this Uh, arc
0: was about us kind of realizing the morality of superheroes
2: (laughs) (laughs) it was also like our first um this was our uh split up moment where we sort of like had our personalities clash really well which i think that couldn't happen in a normal season quest season because like it can obviously happens in autumn but it can't happen in the way that it happens in heroes because we don't have enough time usually to get into those like intricate character moments but because we had so much time to work with we were able to have that sort of like time where we could separate and then come back together
3: Mm. yeah
0: it it's we did all the things that are my favorite reasons for splitting up because (laughs) as i've said all the time I fucking love it when you split up a party because you get an unfiltered look at who a character is and why they're doing what they're doing. And like they're going with maybe they've got a set of instructions to follow. Like in winter when I demanded that we split up the party. (laughs) We all had like we all had to go search an area and that's all the instructions we gave and we'll meet back. But then we all got to be our characters without being like, oh, I've got to be this person because it's how it interacts with this character. You just are the character doing a thing. Yep. And that's why I love doing it for heroes because we split up for so long, we could get in... Like, we could really dig into our individual characters.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Charlie is I probably one like of the, the best chaos. DMs for when you split the party because he <laughs> he's someone who can really quickly on the fly come up with individual things that individual characters can do. Because like we Aww. Charlie was not I don't think you were expecting like me to call um uh what's he called? Nova what's he called? Nova core guy? Starman? Iron Man? Star, Star Jockey. jockey. <laughs> Star Jockey, that's it.
0: Nova Core man. Yeah. That's
2: well a, Nova Corps is for
3: Marvel character.
1: <laughs> yeah, I knew it wasn't that, but I couldn't stop thinking about it. Not even the Marvel character he was based off of—it's Iron Man. No, <laughs>
3: truth.
2: <laughs> uh, you wouldn't have been expecting me to call Star Jockey, who was like a minor character yeah. at
1: that point. Yeah, Star Jockey got like... so much more coverage than I was prepared
3: for.
0: <laughs> I think all, we of, just liked all of the yeah. NPCs, Bar, Hello, and um wade i think every single npc got way more screen time than you were expecting absolutely that's something about our party we uh, fucking love an npc <laughs> yeah
2: we sure do i mean i think an npc is just one of the best ways to push a story forward because if mm. you can get people who like npcs they'll they'll want to keep interacting with the story yeah um yeah so you call you called star
1: jockey yeah
0: i called trick shot because mm. i wanted to go and troy didn't know what he was detective. doing yet
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I th- I'm I on a similar thing with Lucy where I, as a DM, quite enjoy getting the party split because it's, like Tom said, it's, I can, I'm going to brag a little bit here. All right. Yeah, go ahead. I can split my brain pretty easily into different storylines. And it's, it's so fun to be able to do that and go back and forth between people and then culminate them all into back into the one thing. It's so fun.
0: I also find you like, when we when we split the party, you like putting something that this individual character's been trying to deal with right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like, with Troy's character in Winter, you immediately put someone he's interacted with before
3: <laughs> in front yeah. of
0: him. And, like, you just, you find the things that it's like, this is what this person's been dealing with, this is an example of how they can try to deal with it, which is you make me like splitting the party more because it goes into (laughs) what I like. You get to dig more. Yeah. It It also
2: makes the characters feel like they're part of the world. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah. Which is something that even, like, people who are writing their own stories can struggle to do where they have people interact with each other. So when you're GMing, it's especially impressive because it's like, you know, you you have to remember things about people's backgrounds that might be relevant and bring that in. Which can be really, really hard. Something I still struggle with today, even after, like, years of DMing.
1: It was fucking tough. uh,
2: um, Yeah. Uh, And this is also... The other thing about this bit that was really cool was it was sort of, like, the individual uh, reactions that our characters had. Because what happened was, Mm. for viewers who might... Listeners who might not remember, is that uh, Fissure, like, killed Eyeball in, like, this sort of, like, adrenaline-fueled moment. Mm. And in D&D, that's fine. That's normal. But (laughs) then in because masks doesn't really normally, it doesn't really have a thing for death and superheroes usually don't kill. It sort of led to this like really big rift between <laughs> between our group where it was like, Fissure felt really bad, but was also like mad about the fact that uh, Bankshot was mad at him because he was like, I'm the one who's feeling guilty. here I'm already feeling like shit. Mm. And then you're just making me feel worse. And then but Bankshot's obviously like, you just killed someone. <laughs> mm. So it, it, it led to these really cool, like, moments. And I think that's another thing that was great about the mask system was it really encouraged, Drama. like, in-depth play through its mechanics. Mm. There's, like, like one of my abilities that I have is that I can use Freak to try and comfort or support someone, which is, like, this cool thing where it's, like, I'm encouraged to go like, go ahead and be, like... My speech is now about, instead of being, like, I'm uh you're okay it's instead more like i'm envious of the fact that uh of who you are to try and uplift you know what i mean
1: yeah so
2: it was it like led to a lot of interesting stuff like that and then it was we got to split up and it was cool (laughs) i didn't take a breath throughout the entire thing
0: (laughs) i feel like i didn't use my playbook tons like i didn't use my uh, legacy moves because my moves were so ingrained with who Gracie was already i didn't think to use the moves because it's just what i was already doing (laughs) like one of mine is genuinely called words of the past which is you seek guidance from one of your elders or a member of your legacy who i literally had with me at all times and i don't think i ever used the move Mm, because i was already doing it
1: i should have i probably should have picked up on that and that move I in.
3: should have too
2: yeah <laughs> well I think I think that that's fine because you even if you weren't like using the move you were still mm. sort of I guess you like you were using the move as it was intended you just weren't using it as like mechanically yeah. necessarily intended like I had um I... come on beefquake and that was just I, I had a cat <laughs> we had a cat yeah and so the benefits to that were like mechanical but also like beyond the mechanics the cat was a whole thing
0: yeah mm. I love Beast Quest. He's I the best season quest pet. Oh, truly. Oh, yes. I definitely used my moves and stuff to inform my character more than use them as moves.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: And then we came back together it, Yeah. there was an I, I'm trying
2: that to figure out. Was it three-way takedown when we came back together?
0: Um.
2: Um. Someone um, suffering from
1: cock and ball torture in that one. That that was um that was exposition. Because you yeah. saw cock and ball torture on his costume or something. Yeah. Okay. So Is that's just something you said. Yeah. Because because what happened was, did we come
2: back together? We ca- so... we didn't come back together until Hallow took um the
1: filament.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: After the multi explosion kind of thing. Wow, that's Me crazy.
0: and Trickshot were with exposition as that started to happen, mm. and yeah, that was like had the explosions had already gone off all, all over the city before we decided to meet at the filament.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was that was also the first time in that like explosion instance, that was the first time that I'd sort of made a decision with Fisher's character where I started to lean towards the idea that instead of being like a superhero who fights villains, he's a superhero who saves people. Mm-hmm. Cause I realized that when I when he was like because 'cause he'd saved the I think he saved like a baby out of a burning building or something, right? Like that sort of thing was something that Fisher was really capable of you know what i mean through his powers so that was really exciting for me when i realized that because i hadn't thought about it in that way yeah i'd yeah. only thought about how he would fight and so it was yeah, like almost is... at the same time as the character i realized where the character mm-hmm. was going
0: this is yeah definitely when i leaned into gracie's like leadership thing because it's just it was just like immediately giving all of the instructions just being like okay this is what you're doing this is what you're doing this is what you're doing let's go
2: <laughs> yeah and and troy fucking froze troy, everything you say anything
0: or? this was yeah this was when troy used his moment of truth which is <laughs> thinking about it yeah crazy. that's what happened it was really good it's,
1: that it's set also, up a little uh set up a little hint of of things to come of Mm. of grander things in store something
0: with a campaign of kind of any time but especially when we record it we're trying to build up like to that final like episode or the last two episodes or whatever that last Mm. session we record really with heroes being so long we built up to like a couple different things but it was nice that we all kind of had our big moments
2: Mm. and I
0: think they were really well spaced out yeah troy using his one here was really cool
2: yeah fuck yeah and it and it like really showed how powerful snowflake supreme actually was and how much yeah. like worrying was holding uh holding them back yeah mm. so um, i think that was fucking rad and then I, we went to the beach beach well i i also just want to quickly talk about the filament
0: mm. when we
2: fought there because that was um because we we fought hollow there right Yeah,
0: taking back the filament the first time was really really fun.
2: And like we've we've done like we, the filament was really hard for us as like in terms of the characters because we didn't have a lot of the benefits that we would normally have. Um, but it also led to us like getting a lot of information. Like, uh, we just met Memory Bank, and then we met uh patient patient hero. Yeah, and all that stuff, and then. Uh, we fight hallow and he's this sort of like unstoppable force for us right he's the first like thing where there doesn't seem to be an easy solution and this is another thing of like using the mechanics of masks to the advantage of the story where it's like i i think i got i took take a powerful blow and i had to like leave the battle because of it so i was like frozen and and i was like frozen there for a while right and my head was teleported away and I got to interact with uh, Bobbin, yeah, who gave us that valuable information to be able to beat him. And that's something that, like, I think in D&D you couldn't have something like that where it's, like, you can leave the combat to talk to someone because D&D is so... Like, combat is so, like, mm. numbers-focused and, like, focused on, yeah. like, you know, you have six seconds in a turn, whereas uh, masks is, like, you just do it in order of when it feels appropriate, and you do it, like, everyone gets to do their cool thing and then everything's all tied up in a neat boat yeah and then i killed hallow
0: masks wouldn't be as good with like i think i've met like a pretty big group because for we would sometimes have like six people playing and then a dm as well i think that would be really difficult to do in masks but you also you also want a group that's really good at waiting their turn and we're very good at that because we've been recording for so long and we let everyone say their thing and so yeah, we're kind yeah. of already trained in a way to do that yeah also i yeah with combat with masks i really like it because i get to play it like i how i play a wizard in D D, which is just be a silly little guy and come up with weird <laughs> little solutions i just get to do that
2: <laughs> yeah i love i love that aspect to it so fun like mm. like coming up with all the ways that um, I mean, to jump ahead a little bit, all the ways that Cole could interact with the world was, like, probably the most fun I've had yeah. in a tabletop game ever because it was, like, great. I was just coming up with things on the fly and Charlie me being like, yeah, you can. of course you can do that. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. This is how you've set up the character. I also think that uh, recently we played the Avatar TTRPG, mm. um, Avatar Legends, which is a fun TTRPG uh, and cool because it's Avatar and we were excited to play it. And we played it with a pretty big group, mm. but... I nine did nine of
0: us revolving.
2: Yeah. But I would also say the reason why I preferred masks to Avatar, even though they're a very similar system, it's both made by Magpie, both uh, powered by the Apocalypse. Mask doesn't have, like, a system where it's, like, you have health and you have damage and you have to roll damage. But Avatar Legends has, like, a combat system. It's not super intricate, but it's enough to, like, make it so that the moves, like... like instead of it it becomes like D&D where it's like you just say I hit but because it's not as there's not as much meat to it as D&D is it's a lot more boring and it's a lot less descriptive so after playing it for a while and after we played Mars because we played both of them around the same time I think we started Avatar a little bit before maybe Mm. after I don't remember which one after playing Masks for a while, I realized that the most fun part about Masks combat was how, like, it was all about description and doing cool things and just letting the players do cool stuff. Yeah. So I just took Masks' rule and applied it to Avatar, and it became an infinitely more fun system for me. Fuck yeah. So if you're not enjoying Avatar Legends because of that, then try out try out using some of Masks' combat system. Just, like, do it the mask. take a powerful blow and do cool things. Mm-hmm. Mm uh before we go to the beach i have a question uh from cyan if you guys could have a superpower what would it be teleport yeah fair enough yeah Uh, aside from
1: i made rift like when i was fucking eight because it's my favorite superpower
2: okay aside from the big like the the major ones like teleportation flying and super speed those like transport ones what superpower Mm -hmm. would you have
0: I guess, I don't know if it's a superpower because it's, to a degree, just real. Like, photographic slash eidetic memory would be really nice.
2: Mm, That would Um, be great.
0: Because I'm very forgetful. Although, there's also a point where it isn't because I did read about someone who has, like, really intense photographic memories to the point of she remembers being, like, in the womb. Yeah. And it sounds crazy and untrue, but it's like after years and years of testing by the experts who know about this, it was found to be entirely true. And she remembers basically everything that's ever happened to her, which is really scary. And she has a really hard time with it because all of the awful memories just stick around.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah um, imagine so if you'd not. remember, you'd remember like the time that you saw your friend pick their
1: butthole or something, and then you'd just be stuck with that or in just, your head yeah, forever. I've you have the memory of yourself sucking on your mom's boobs (laughs) why would you say that that'd be a bad thing to remember i think yeah it would be a bad thing to remember
0: (laughs) so yeah i've changed my mind since i started my sentence um fair enough
2: (laughs) i have a couple good options for me yeah go for it if you want okay because i think about this all the time Like, if a genie came up to me and asked me to, like, I have three wishes, then I would think about, like, I think a lot about, like, which power I would choose for my three wish. Mm. I would love, uh, the ability to phase through objects, I think, is a really fun power that, like, it's not super crazy amazing powerful, but, like, I don't think you could be the superhero who could phase through objects, because if you got shot or punched, you can just phase through it. So that's, that would be my, if I was a superhero and I couldn't be, like, a teleporter or a super speeder, that would probably be the power I'd go with. But if it was just a power to like generally be fun and help me in life, I would love the ability to do perfect impressions no matter what. <laughs> like I would go on America, I would go on uh, New Zealand's Got Talent, and I would do impressions of all the judges and stuff like that. And I would become the Bugs Bunny voice actor and the Mickey Mouse voice actor, and I'd get paid millions and millions of dollars to be able to do fun voices all the time. Mm. So those are my two options.
1: I think um, I I've got two options too that aren't the the main ones and they're off of two of my favorite gc heroes one of them being um green lantern like just being able to make hard light constructs is like the convenience of it in your day-to-day is so fucking nice and then you can also just make yourself a hard hitter as well if you need to fight people but like i wouldn't focus on fighting i would make like a, a slide out of my apartment so that i could get to this tree quicker shit like that make a sandwich make make a sandwich eat sandwich um and then the other one (laughs) the other one is plastic man he can he shapeshifts and he's stretchy and he has like complete control over his shape and like he could like one of the things is he just turns his hand into a coffee mug and makes it like heat proof and just has coffee it's just really cool he's got it would be fun you can be so creative with plastic man's powers
0: I like holding mugs too much for that.
2: <laughs> Charlie hates the inconvenience. <laughs> Wish I could just um, sip coffee out of my hands.
0: Yeah. If I had to go for like just like a fun one, like water bending, I think would be really cool.
3: Oh um, yeah.
0: And if I, like, I don't know if this is a superpower, I, I would want a superpower level of this, which would be like be really good at learning stuff, like be mm. quick at picking up skills. And, like, absorbing information and actually being able to, like, act on that. Because I'm not very yeah. good at learning in general. Taskmaster. Uh, but, huh?
2: Yeah. That's but a character. Taskmaster
0: would be my... G- oh, is that an actual... Huh?
2: Yeah. He's a guy with a skull for a head and he can learn how to do things just by looking at them. He's kind of a fucking nerd, but, like, he's pretty chill. Mm.
0: That's exciting. I want that. I got really confused because I thought you were just naming the show I like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's really funny because um, I knew about Taskmaster before I watched the show. And I remember, it wasn't you, Lucy, but somebody was talking to me about Taskmaster before I knew what it was. And I was assuming, mm. they were like, have you seen the Taskmaster show? And I was like, they made a show about Taskmaster? <laughs> the guy who just learns things? What the fuck? He's a villain, by the way. He's not a. He's not always a villain. He's a mercenary. He does anything for hire. He can be oh, a good okay. guy and we went sometimes. To the beach. And then we went to the beach.
0: And this arc, this next arc was us finding out the kind of seedy underbelly.
1: Yeah. Um, Getting
0: deeper into what was actually going on.
1: I have a question for you guys. Um, mm-hmm. At what point did you start to suspect Lightbulb as being the big bad? Immediately. Immediately.
2: Like straight from away. From the start. <laughs> well, Fair. like, pretty much from the moment he. From the moment, like, you introduced a concept of like this sort of Jarvis figure that was like really all powerful AI. I was like, this could be a bad guy.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
2: But it was a very light suspicion until around the beach episode. Well, actually, I think I'd talked to you about Lightbulb being a villain and I saw a glint in your eye and I went, oh, yeah, he's probably a bad guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> I started suspecting um, when you told us that he was a villain. <laughs> I, again, I'm very. The two gullible. types of
1: players here.
0: Yeah, it's I genuinely when we searched exposition's house and we found out light bulb had contacted him. That was when I was like, really. <laughs> 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 I'm yeah, I'm very easy to mislead, and I'm very easy to lie to. Him um i I think i can also just sort of
2: read charlie's mind and vice versa so yeah charlie knows all of my villains before i like do anything and then i know all of charlie's villains
3: like i knew hallow was a bad
2: guy the moment he showed up
0: charlie just knows when i'm lying which is really really frustrating
2: sometimes i'll pitch charlie an idea and charlie will be like Mm, maybe. And then he does it and I'm like, "Did you use it because of me?" And he went, "No, I was already thinking about it. You just said it." <laughs> and then I felt like I was, I was like worried you'd think I was copying you.
1: <laughs> no, I I remember I don't remember exactly what it was, but that happened in Heroes where you suggested something and I was like, "And I I'm already doing that." Was in it
0: cold? In real life, I know what Charlie's thinking a lot of the time. Mm. I find you very easy to read in real life, but when we're playing games, <laughs> I have no fucking clue. <laughs> um also that episode has the best name of any episode ever which was this episode was recorded before wordle was brought by the new york (laughs) times
2: such a good title rest in peace i think it was good to i think i think the beach episode was good because it was sort of a break but also we got a lot of um good character stuff in there and good story stuff in there and Mm -hmm. the prophecy
3: yeah
2: and so that was really cool and then we uh we got to go and break into, Explosions House or, uh Darren Dearth's house, mm. and learn a bunch of information. And I got to make a brand new friend, in the neighbor. Jimmy? Oh, the His neighbor. name was Tom, I think. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Where you just here... talked about
2: superhero shit and politics and potato salad and potato salad.
0: From here, we went into like the time warp stuff and meeting Wade. The one hour, the the 45 minute loop, I think, is really funny.
1: Yeah, there's a great moment in the episode where I decide that, yes, this will be the time loop spot. And Lucy sees it on my face and she says, you just nodded to yourself and wrote something down and I'm terrified.
3: (laughs)
0: Yeah.
2: It's also when Fissure disappeared. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, can I say, that's what I mean, where I don't know what Charlie's about to do, but I understand him as a human being. (laughs) That's exactly what
2: I mean. because I talked to Charlie for a while about how I wanted to play two different superheroes, because I've always, ever since I was grown up, I've had this idea for, ever since I was growing up, I've had this idea for a superhero, which is like an alien sort of um, metallic thing that, like, gives, it would land in a person and give them a suit of armor. And so I just destroyed the middleman and made the alien, uh, the metal guy.
3: Mm.
2: And I, so I, I wanted to do that for, like, I told Charlie about the idea for that and how I wanted that to come up probably around like six episodes in. And so Charlie put the meteor in there, which was like, I was really worried that nobody would want to grab the meteor. (laughs) And then we, uh, brought it back to our base and that was, yeah. And that would be cobalt, cobalt copper. Once Fissure disappeared. So just before, just after we, just when we get back to the thing and we're talking a Patient Hero, Charlie pulls me aside, takes me out of the the room that we were recording in, and he goes, Hey, Tom, do you want to go now? And I was like, Pardon? And he goes, You know, is now a good time to get rid of Fissure? And I go, Oh, I guess so. And so <laughs> it just happens. And it was great. Uh, Cause I was, I was like, semi expecting it but also like not really yeah which which was really cool
1: yeah it was i, I think Very it was rad. a good opportunity because you mm. had just gotten your little spatial gem put inside of you to fix you up from when rift yeah. showed, showed up
0: the two things i miss the most about recording in person is how much easier it is to edit <laughs> and being able to have a side conversation with somebody yeah shall we talk quickly about um Cole,
2: yeah cobalt copper was awesome
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think that like because i just wanted to play cobalt for a while but he, i didn't think he wasn't my first thought that i thought of when i was like coming up with characters and i also think he worked better as like a very short-term character like someone who would just show up and be very powerful and do a lot of cool stuff and it was really fun to be an alien so yeah i kind of just was like excited about it uh everyone called him Cole. Because Lucy thought that cobalt was spelled with an L, at the it is spelled with an L, but not at yeah not the right place. It's
1: not cobalt.
0: It's so great that everyone went along with it.
1: And it was it was a great intro for him figuring uh, time shit. Mm. And it it was also Uh,
3: great because it meant that
2: I could I could figure out like all of the powers that he would have and how he would like work within the world. Um, pretty quickly he is kind of like too strong (laughs) like he doesn't like he had he had a what was his weakness was his weakness magnets magnets yeah Yeah. so he wasn't he had a weakness which was pretty easy to like manipulate but aside from that he wasn't like a weak character his main weakness was like lack of charisma
1: and understanding of human things yeah he kind of had the the superman thing going on where everybody for some reason has access to kryptonite as easily as magnets (laughs) but like superman's still power a powerhouse on his own.
2: Yeah. So and it means I could save Wade, which Charlie was pissed about. <laughs> Ruined his whole life.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't I wasn't pissed, but I wasn't prepared to get Wade out that early, but it's one of those things where as a DM, like there's there's a point where you can't argue against it because your players are making really good points and it adds to the story because <laughs> now there's this whole mm. fucking new thread that you have to go through. Mm. Uh, Cobalt said, "I could get him out," and then Charlie went,
2: "Fuck! Why did he fucking say that?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker. Now it helped with the uh, what's it called? Pacing, the prophecy, and pacing. Sure, true.
0: I think us saving Wade is the best superhero thing we did.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a all together team effort. It was really mm. beautiful.
0: The next arc was us going underground.
1: Yeah. yeah, we went to the pool league. Yeah, we
0: never went together. I was glad we could go to the pool league.
1: Yeah, a little, a little bit about that. Um, so I talked earlier about how you have to look back on your, on your sessions and recognize what you liked that you did, and recognize what you didn't like. My greatest regret of Heroes was giving you guys that opportunity to talk about Lightbulb in private without a way of Lightbulb knowing and then immediately having Lightbulb figure it out. I think that was quite cruel of me. Yeah, so that was one of the things I looked back on and was like, oh, um, I probably should have given them more space in between them talking about Lightbulb being evil and Lightbulb just being like, okay, you guys know, so fuck off.
0: I don't know how you would have done that, though.
1: I also Mm. think it made sense because Lightbulb is like this
2: all-powerful sort of like all-knowing yeah. sort of thing you know what I mean like yeah that's it really sort of... it really enhanced the fact that light bulb was well ahead of us
1: yeah that's that's how I, I felt in session where I was like thinking while I was doing that I was like at this point light bulb has enough information to figure out what just happened so that's how that's why I went through with it and was happy moving that along but like I yeah I don't know how I would have done it differently, but that was just one of the things I looked yeah. back on, and I was like, that was quite cruel. But like it did, it did make sense to me, so that's why I kept going with it, and that's why I did it at the time.
0: I think we also, as players, actively made the choice to prioritize getting Wade back over mm. keeping a secret from Lightbulb.
1: True, yeah. That definitely played into it.
0: I think this is a good time for a question from Dusty from the Fate of Eyes in Discord, because I'm part of that, because I'm their favorite. <laughs> uh, da, da, da. How do players deviate from your plans, and how do you plan for deviation? Which kind uh, of yeah. goes well with the question from Twitter that we had from I Shot Twitter. Um, <laughs> sorry.
2: From I hate I
1: hate this.
0: Yes, um, which was how tightly planned do you usually go in writing? Which we've kind of talked about already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, but I, I'll yeah.
1: take this one first. When I started DMing, I planned. Um, I would plan out the adventure just sort of step by step. You fight this guy, he tells you information about the the next villain. That villain, you go and find them through a series of clues, all that. And it didn't work. Uh, There was a lot of times where I was just lost because humans don't do exactly what you think they will. So my planning method has changed to... I'm um, still planning. Basically, you you plan for the calamities, you plan for conflict, and then you, you can sort of have a think about what the results will be on either side of this conflict, but it's most important to plan, in my mind, for the conflict that the heroes are going to be going against, and then it's up to them how they solve that conflict. For example, the time loop. I... I planned that the conflict is this time loop. Um, I planned a few things around it. I knew that um, Starjockey would figure out. Hey, this is a great time to talk about light bulb. I planned that it's the time loop itself is based around Century Man gaining powers in a new universe. And then I left it up to you guys to do what you wanted with it. And that ended up with Wade being free, mm. which you know I couldn't have planned for that. That's that's what happened. And then mm. we go forward from there. So, I guess my advice is plan the specific conflicts and then ride off of that
0: if you're finding as a dm your players aren't going with a story, it's because their characters wouldn't I feel like is a big one hmm. for like because a lot of stories in d and d are like you go to a tavern, you get offered a job, which is to like go do this or whatever for money, yeah, but the rats unless you want money as a character, like it's not a really enticing thing. So yeah. that's why for Tom's it did start with that. This is this is your job to go do this for money and then we changed it based on our morals. And then yeah. that was and that was kind of part of the point and of the story. Yeah. But yeah, if you're worried that your character like your players are doing stuff super, super different, it's because they're like enticing thing isn't enticing enough
2: yeah i'd also recommend just like communicating with your players about what it is that you like like what it is that they want out of the story because um like beforehand you need to be sure to like i I think a session zero is always good we usually do not do a session zero but we will do like very scattered conversations about what's going to happen we won't do like a specific session zero we did one for haunt we did one for heroes think we managed to do one for puppets but we haven't done one for cosmos because we just haven't had the time but we know a lot about what's going to happen and like what our characters are and stuff like that not what's going to happen what's going to like what what to sort of like expect so it's good to set your players up and be like this is the sort of way that it's going to start out this is how your characters like this is what the general gist of the story will be so that players can build their characters around that and then also once you've figured out what your char- players characters are um it's good to sort of work out why? Why they would be invested? Because no one's going to be invested just because of like, you know, money or whatever. There needs to be like an extra level there. So, for instance, in autumn, it, uh, the the way that I sort of pitched it to the gang was saying, "You guys are all want they you all want to be adventurers. So you're at an adventuring mm. fair, trying to become adventurers, and then from there, I set up, I I put them against um." taste Magno really intentionally to be like this is where I'm gonna find out where the players like lie like where, where their goals will lie is it more like to do with money is it more to do with this or that or that so I sort of I, I usually will have um a point in my story not always but usually I'll have a point in the story where I'll have a character say like this is what you should be doing but mm. it's like a suggestion more than a rule sort of thing if that makes sense.
0: I think there's something really fun about Heroes as well there's something Kind of already planned is we're all superheroes. We mm. automatically we automatically have a moral compass. Yeah. Because for something like summer, we all we knew were we were the new we were the first humans, and that's all we really knew beforehand. So it was that was really fun because we all had really different moral compasses. But it was, <laughs> I, I guess it's all interesting how many different character dynamics we've had for four people. Yeah. Because yeah. it will always depend on the little bit of information you're given first. So for Heroes, all we were given was the three of you work together as a little, like, ragtag superhero team. Yeah. And or, and the big six are leaving. And that's yeah. all we knew. And
1: with Heroes, uh, like, it was, like, such an easy job as a DM to, to get you guys like on board with what was happening just because like all I had to do with that pre-established like you guys are superheroes is throw a different Mm. villain out and like in a usual D&D world like if some guy just ran into town and started like blasting fireballs the characters would have to like justify why they're helping out like yeah maybe I'm an Mm. adventurer and I want to help out this town but like with heroes it's just like oh no this is our job and we're on board immediately. So that was yeah. that was fun and easy.
0: Um, I guess this kind of goes into another question, um, also from I Hate This, which was how much do the players know uh before slash during the arc? Because there's always stuff that surprises me when it comes up or is referenced back. For puppets, all we knew, like because puppets is a mystery, there's a lot of twists and turns. All we knew was we work on a kid's show as puppets and someone goes missing. Yeah. And that and was there's... it.
1: Well, there's some, there's some character background stuff that Kids on Bikes sort of got us to, to establish.
0: Oh, for our a dynamic, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that we, we knew that we had some history together. Like, there was some... Like, some of the questions were like, what does this character... How is this character involved with your greatest day? And you'd have to, like, answer that together so that you could establish some, like, rapport and character dynamics. Mm. And then from that... Which is really cool. Yeah, it, it builds off of that. So like when I when I plan with characters when I'm DMing, I I ask them like what their character's goal is, like what they're kind of about and like sort of background history so that they will know things about the world, about like its history, about the, the people that are in there. And those a lot of them become secrets, like the their history with a specific character and you can like pull that out. But they never know What's going to happen. So they know mm. what they want to do, but they don't know what will occur.
0: I think the most any of us have ever known about what's going to happen in a campaign is probably spring and winter, because winter, the goal was to go and find winter, yeah. and spring, the goal was to go and find someone to ask about the um, book they have. So for both of those seasons, because of how we tell stories all of us are aware that we're going to get to winter Mm. and we're going to get to where the person is to talk about this book but that's but we don't know how any of that works we just know the destination yeah but we don't know the journey or what actually that entails
2: since that was our first couple seasons we were a lot more like we wanted to be a bit more um
0: classic
2: classic and we wanted to go along with what the dm we didn't want to trip the dm up too much because i think that can we didn't want to like make things feel too disruptive and then as time has gone on we've become more comfortable with how we can disrupt each other Mm. it like does really depend on how much on like which what the campaign is um Mm. because like sometimes i would say when i'm dming I will usually communicate with players, like, individual bits of information over the course of the thing to try and, like, get them to... Like, Mm. you would know this, but everyone else wouldn't. So that would be, like, some stuff that would come up uh, a lot. It's mostly, I would say, to do... Like, Charlie said, it's to do with, like, individual character background stuff. It's not to do with the Mm. wider story, because that's good to keep as a surprise. But, like, um, for Autumn, I told Troy... A lot of the details about like his like relationship towards uh, Bowtie's dad, but not like enough for it to be super clear, and mm. so it just gave Duggan that drive towards like what what Dug- how Duggan might react to new episodes Friday, and that's the sort of stuff that I think yeah. is good to share with your players
0: all of the story and all of like the twists and surprises we don't know about
1: there's there's there'll also be times when a a character or a player will maybe want to try out a different character and it's in it's something that you talk about completely first so that they're comfortable um leaving their other character behind like maybe a character will die in combat and you can't plan for that but if you don't take a character outside of combat without discussing it first and that's Mm -hmm. some of the surprises that a character will know about because tom knew that fissure was going to disappear at some point so he had that background but that's because we talked about it together and he was comfortable with that
2: yeah a lot of a lot of of it is on the dm plan like being able to plan around what the players are doing and like keep in mind the things that they wanted the twists and turns they wanted to happen Mm. like when fissure uh sorry not when fissure uh when coal cobalt died uh which we're getting up to in a second that was something where me and charlie had talked about potential ideas for it but hadn't discussed anything specific so it was just when the moment felt right that's when it happened i don't know how much charlie like thought that that would be the case it was just sort of a thing of like we we wanted to you know it's 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 good to sort of like give him a good send off yeah it's good to discuss with your like dm what's and discuss with your players what sort of like ideas you think will work well because if you if you just spring on a player like, oh, suddenly you meet a deity who offers you a level as a warlock and the player's not expecting that. they're just gonna be like, I don't know, uh, maybe I guess and then that's <laughs> like that's you taking control of the player instead of the and it removes a lot of player agency. Mm. So it, it's good to just keep chatting to each other about stuff, but keep things like you know, we keep things pretty vague. Keep things secret. Yeah,
0: I love being surprised in D and D and stuff, which is very convenient because it's very easy to do.
2: <laughs> I'm awful. I'm awful at keeping secrets between the the four of us. Like I will. I will always. If I have a cool character idea, character thing idea, I'll tell Charlie about. I'll tell Lucy about. I'll tell Troy about it. Each of them individually, and I'll be like, I shouldn't be telling you this because it's like kind of special to this, but like, I just cool idea. Um, because I'm a psychopath and I can't keep secrets. Probably an ADHD thing.
0: I had a similar thing the other day where I just wanted to tell everybody and show everybody about this really cute photo of Arunoka. <laughs> That's my equivalent. Um, so we went underground. Earthquakes, lost days. We the, um, great name for an episode. So true. And we... Yeah, we're, we're planning our uprising to fight back and stuff. This was all so odd, because it's really hard to come up with a plan in DD mm. like to be like generally this is kind of we know we want to get into the filament these are some of the things we can do but because it's a game of imagination it's a little hard when you don't have things in front of you to like work off it's like yeah. if i if it's like if i told you to solve an escape room but i didn't tell you what the room was <laughs> yeah
2: um and and also because your gm is there they can they know, your plan is, they know everything about your plan as well and can do everything they want to stop your plan and disrupt yeah. it.
0: Yeah. So I was just like, this is the vague plan, let's go, but that doesn't work for Gracie's character, which I thought was really funny. Like, <laughs> Gracie would come up with a, like, quite intense plan before we got there, but Lucy was like, I don't fucking know. Like, that's one of the difficult things about playing someone like Gracie or playing, like, a really clever character, is I'm like, I don't have these ideas beforehand i'll come up with something in the moment but i can't plan ahead are you kidding me
2: (laughs) yeah i also can't work out
0: puzzles
2: (laughs) we had our body swap in this section my goodness yeah i forgot about that uh got really i got really mad at charlie because um we set up that uh within the lore of the world that uh the collars didn't work on me because i was an alien but suddenly they were powers when it came to this body swap thing
1: isn't that interesting Hmm. I i did switch it that
2: Char- charlie's gonna get fired that's a fact
1: <laughs> i i in that regard i did know that he had already set it up that it's not powers it's just based on your your alien makeup but it was also too fun to not do so i said fuck it
2: yeah i think that's fair enough Rule.
1: Of
0: that's a good whatever. rule of thumb for DMs for like slightly bending the rules for something yeah if it is gonna have your players have more fun yes bend the rules (laughs) it's fine
2: and uh and we i i I had a lot of fun to use um bank shots powers because i love nightwing is my favorite dc character he's not batman nightwing (laughs) (laughs) because i love i love those gadgety no power motherfuckers but nightwing's just appealing to me and Gracie's similar to like Robin and Nightwing and Batman as we've already said, where it's like a lot of gadgets. So it was really fun to be like, "This is what this I do this with this gadget and stuff like that." I was really excited about it. Mm. That that was that was just rad.
0: Yeah, and then we took back the filament.
2: Well, you just skipped like the entire
1: everything. (laughs) Yeah, you had a you had a scuffle with Red Mantis where you were like quipping at each other. Guys, guys, that was fun. Guys, we skipped the fact that Cobalt died.
2: (laughs) <laughs> and then Fisher came uh, back there's there's like s- there's eight episodes between freaky friday fuck and us taking back the filament it
3: was a long um, season just really
0: quickly with freaky friday fuck this was the beginning of me being like wait we can name our episodes anything
3: because
0: <laughs> i there was early on i wanted to name um some of the titles like something fuck Shitty Little Maths Nerd, I think, was something I wanted to do for a title, but I didn't feel comfortable doing it. I'm really glad I've branched out on titles and I'm like, Ah, whatever, I don't give a shit. This is yeah, only a hobby. In, I don't care. In,
1: in winter I was like, We we should name this one Welcome to the Box, Motherfuckers, and we settled yeah. on other Frosters. Yeah, I didn't leave early. I'm,
2: I want to talk quickly about Cobalt's death and how he how that was really cool uh <laughs> for me because it was gonna be Star Jockey's big sacrifice play. but that was like in that moment i was like oh shit this is perfect i was like why why wouldn't cobalt do it because cobalt can tell everyone that he'll survive but also or they'll survive sorry but also cobalt copper was like trying to find humanity throughout the entire thing trying to be like more Mm. human and Mm. so what's more human than dying
1: yeah so And, and you you made cobalt like in because of that part of the overarching prophecy as well stars exploding
2: it was great mm. and
1: and it let me bring Fisher back yeah with my moment of truth
2: okay. this was like when we would when we were recording this me and lucy were constantly talking about how much fun this was and how like excited we were because mm. it was so rad to do all of these cool superhero things back to back
1: yeah <laughs> i really didn't let up for a while
2: and new shit <laughs> it's good though you don't have infinite time don't let up yeah
0: That all that fight with Red Mantis was also really fun because it was really difficult. That was definitely the most difficult fight I think we did the entire season. Mm. And also something I'd been talking to Charlie about was it's difficult to find Gracie's weakness because she doesn't have superpowers so there isn't like the super equivalent. Like obviously ice and fire and then there's like this like metal thing is magnets. And it's mine's like, I can throw things.
3: <laughs>
0: I guess my I guess my fucking weakness is a shield, I don't know. But it was Charlie found the thing which was the weakness that like a lot of my characters have was like the moral thing. They're <laughs> like, Okay, your weakness is your friends. The weakness is <laughs> that, you that is your priority and I'm like, That's that works, that's good. You've got me
2: <laughs> Gracie's a reverse anime character. I really liked the um I really liked the the big fight with Red Mantis, but I do think for me my favorite fight was against Rift in the Filament. That was mm-hmm. such a fun fight. Getting to fight the Six was really cool. Like I I think yeah. The, the the like final moments, right, where we're like in the Filament and we're fighting the Six and then we have these reveals and that's all so dope because it like it shows a strong point of all of our characters and then we also get to like sort of reveal the plot details that have been building up, like all of this stuff with, um, trick shot and the magic and stuff like that all culminated right there. And it was really good. Mm. And then we blew it all up. <laughs> and I know Charlie was yeah, disappointed kinda... that Lightbulb didn't fight, Yeah, but yeah. I think it was better that way. Cause he was always I... more of a brain guy. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I
1: think it works. And I, uh, part of that fight with the six was me trying to show that, like, you know, fighting them head on, you're probably not going to win. They've been doing this so much longer than you, mm. but you can get around it with like the other stuff you've been learning throughout the the journey, like the information you have, the way you talk to people, the, the morals and the reality of the world kind of stuff, and that's ca- kind of how you got through it. Mm. I still brag to people about the thing I said to my dad. Mm. That's really cool.
2: <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's my favorite thing I've ever said in D&D. My favorite D&D <laughs> is, is just like... Because it, it's like... It's really hard when you're playing a tabletop because it's improv to make emotional moments feel like actually emotional or to mm. be serious in any moment because you're you like any time you do it, if you fuck it up, it just becomes like a joke and then you're worried about that happening, you know? And so you really have to like choose your battles and I think that that was that that felt so good because it was like it just made sense for Fissure mm. to say that to Rift. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I th- I think
0: also that's really good because one of my favorite things about doing season quest is we all take this quite seriously mm. like genuinely we only do this as a hobby we do this because it's we all enjoy doing this yeah and then but when we want to do like really serious stuff with characters like i would never have done this with our personal campaigns i would never have like because <laughs> like i had a similar thing with uh like uh gracie dating trick shot i had a uh, NPC that I loved in a different campaign, and I was never like serious. I was just always like, this fucking guy rules. If any of you hurt him, I'll kill you. <laughs> and that's about as serious I get with that. But this being like, yeah, no, like you can be more serious with these characters. You can have your fight with your dad. We'll all listen to you and do this seriously because it's more fun storytelling.
1: Yeah, fuck yeah. It.
0: It's really nice that we can just like earnestly do this and like we're not like making fun of each other or anything. It's just fun
2: yeah I think Mm -hmm. we started setting that up around even like winter with um with like uh Thorkell and Thorfinn which was like yeah I I I tried to do that sort of like because when we Mm. when we play D&D with all our friends it's not necessarily the same as when we play season quest where it's like story focused it's a lot more chill and stuff like that but I've always tried to do stuff like that I remember like my first character I played with Charlie's campaign I I was playing Garfield (laughs) and he yeah that's
0: how serious we took that other campaign
2: he had this like thing where uh he was like really confident and cocky and stuff like that And he was just a fun character but at one point like he almost died he like went to death saves um from losing a fight and i wanted to make him sort of like have a moment where he like have an arc a mini arc where he was not confident didn't want to fight anymore and he was like scared but mm. because we're playing with friends that can't, it didn't work. Everyone It, it just had to get dragged out of it. And I think mm-hmm. in season quest, I would have that opportunity to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. I think Charlie with heroes, you did something with trick shot that I think is so cool. And I've never really thought about it until now you gave her like, he lived his own personal campaign.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like he. he was on a journey. He, he had his own arc of like, Joined a team, fought villains, um, got dragged on a mini-adventure with his friend, uh, got hurt in a big fight, got some magic, like, super cool magic powers, mm. um, got dragged again by this friend, <laughs> and then, like, it was in a big final fight, and then joined the Six. Like, that's an entire fucking arc for an NPC, yeah. which I think is really cool.
2: Just want to say, of, um, yeah, fun. he got injured in a fight, but it was because Lucy stabbed him, not because uh, <laughs> someone else hurt him. So.
0: He got in an, injured in a fight, and we don't have to say anything else.
2: <laughs> it was the same with Star Jockey. Star Jockey had a whole arc too. He was a um, asshole who, like, kind of like a douchebag who we didn't get along yeah, he with, and then started out douchebagging. <laughs> and then so sort did of Trickshot. Uh, he he communicated with mm. Fissure and like both of them started to realize that there might be more going on so he started to get invested and like started helping us out more and then he gave up his armor and had to become just like a guy in a chair which is like i think was really cool like that
1: that was a really cool little arc for him
3: yeah it was a a grown-up but but
1: but side characters through that sort of shit he learned from us Mm. absolutely
2: sometimes i think the kids are the ones that are teaching me
0: (laughs) (laughs) do we have anything more to say about heroes
2: um, um
1: I wish that I had given Citavillion more time to talk to y'all. Uh mm. that was one of my other regrets. But yeah, maybe maybe uh maybe when we do like a, a spin-off uh, a spin-off we can have Citavillion in there more cuz he's, he's yeah. one of my favorite concepts that I've I've done that I just like haven't given myself time to explore his power mm. set or his character or anything.
0: I love that we get to do an epilogue at the yeah. end cuz that's not what TTRPGs usually are. like maybe if you finish a campaign, you're like there's an end of a story, but we give like we I don't know we round out the story quite well, which I really like closure. doing, which it it wasn't like a question but I, w- I was I was talking to dusty about this like not having a character because b- we're looking at this uh, like asking a bunch of questions about TTRPGs and it's like what characters do you currently have and what are they going through? And I was like, I don't have any characters at the second. Because we just finished Puppets, we haven't started Cosmos, we typically do one-shots, and we've had to stop our personal campaign because Charlie doesn't live in the same city as us anymore.
2: <laughs> the bastard.
0: But it, it, having epilogues makes it easier to stop playing characters.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because,
0: yeah, I love playing Gracie and Bowtie and Bungo and everybody, but f- having this is what they carried on to do is really nice.
2: It's also great because it means that you can like finish their arcs that you couldn't you didn't have time for in the actual thing like i didn't have time Mm. or it wouldn't have really worked with the way that we were running the system i wouldn't have had time to make fissure start doing this like fireman thing where he like just goes and saves people Mm. uh so it's good to have the epilogue so i can say like this is what fissure starts doing and you can also have like these really somber moments like when uh with uh troy going and dropping off uh cobalt's rock on his planet that was really yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that you yeah. can only... Like, it's something that we get from the
1: epilogues really well. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, we did a cool little kind of Zuko thing where it was like, Mom's still alive. We have to go find her. Yeah. With Troy. Which is going to be um, the Christmas Tom, spinoff. You had a <laughs> I do have a question.
2: Uh, it's kind of... It might be yes. kind of a repeat, so feel free to cut it, Lucy. Um, but the question is, how do you guys uh, make characters and is it a very collaborative process
0: generally it's not collaborative we will all have our own individual characters and then together we'll come up with how we know each other in some way that's usually again influenced by the dm being like this is the very beginning of the story um like so for puppets and heroes we all knew each other because we had already been working together but then Mm. for something like cosmos that we're doing is it's, we can kind of pick how much we know each other, or for um, Spring, we didn't really know, like, you guys didn't really know each other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that, like, one thing that we've actively started trying to do is sort of build the history with characters and think about dynamics before we play so that we don't get, like, situations where one player gets, like, sort of shunted. Because in Summer, Charlie and I, (laughs) my character was, like, this regal royal guy and charlie was um the uh the like visor who was trying to manipulate me and stuff like that which meant that our characters meshed really well together and like they had a really clear path but that meant that um aurelia didn't necessarily fit as well into the dynamic which led to points where uh aurelia would get like pushed aside a little bit which isn't like good especially when you're trying to do stuff like that so that's something that we've actively tried to do since then is figure out connections beforehand at least like basic ones
0: Mm, that was also a specific situation of your guys's characters mesh well mesh real well but also you both had characters that wouldn't like aurelia
3: true yeah you
0: both had characters that wouldn't want to listen to the voice of like reason or like a super strong moral compass because it didn't benefit your characters and that didn't really matter
3: yeah
2: yeah i think it's really good to discuss as players with each other how your characters will mesh and making sure that they'll get along because if if you if you get a situation where one player is dominating the room or one player just doesn't fit the scenario at all like let's say that we were doing uh let's say for cosmos
0: no let's let's stick with heroes one of us was an anti-hero
2: yeah, exactly. That it, it would, it would really fuck everything up because then like they immediately would just go against everything that the group does. So I think it's good to yeah. make sure that as a group, you can at least like be looking forward to the same goal or able mm. to get along as characters and people. Yeah. So that's, that's what we try to do. And with yeah. Cosmos, especially, we've done a lot of like talk about like how we fit into each other's backgrounds and like what,
0: Yeah.
2: uh, so that that's, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah.
1: Mm. and for me going about making a character there's three methods one of them is build and this is usually specific to D&D is i i think about like class and race and like how i would play it so like for cosmos right now i i'm definitely doing it build centric because it's a it's a class i really haven't played before and then there's name and i think for that one haunt was pretty like name centric like i thought of the name first and then saw uh drunken monk and then all that so i got zinc doctor menace 2 raptor's revenge first and then built the character off of that and then uh, the last one is the one i usually do is concept and like uh you sort of build the the character's history and story first like what you want to do within the DM's world that they've presented to you and how you slot into that. I think usually concept is the way to go but basing a character off of its name, very fun basing a character off its build can be frustrating for other people (laughs) because you make a character that is specific to battle, especially for D&D and then you forget to fill in history and character and stuff like that so maybe a mm. mixture of all three is the best way to go. I don't know. I mean that that's kind of what you're doing with this character
2: is is you've got a definite like idea for your background, backstory, and concept yeah. and stuff like that, and then the classes is mm. all around that. I usually yeah. my process, like I said earlier, I will make characters months in advance. Like I'll have an idea, and I I kind of I'll do a similar thing where I'll think about my first thought is usually which uh, which class I want to play if I'm playing D and D. And then I'll think mm-hmm. of a character around that, and I'll usually try and build them with like specific goals in mind outside of the main quest, um, which can fluctuate uh, depending on what other people's characters are. Like, for Cosmos, my, I had a character in mind, he was very specific to this thing, and then I talked to Charlie and Lucy about their characters, and that's completely changed like a lot of the details, but the core idea is still the same, like with... Yeah. Um, what what he's after. So that's that's how I like to think about it. I always like to have something um pushing me through, be it like yeah in in winter it was Thorfinn. In in Heroes it was my dad. In Haunt it was like the concept of just hunting monsters, which is very normal to D D. Yeah. Uh but not normal to Haunt specifically. So yeah, that that was sort of how I that's how I like to build a character is like think about their goals and like what they want
1: yeah having like a goal or a bond or something that like sets up your character is so helpful to your DM
0: Mm. mine is always finding a starting point which is such a weird thing to say because obviously there's always a starting point but sometimes it'll be a concept like Gracie was the 8 ball or uh, Bowtie Friday which was his name entirely he's based on his name as Charlie said it's really fun to do that yeah. I think I'm really really excited for Cosmos because Troy's question to us was really good which was if you were on a ship what would your role be mm. and so I'm gonna be a chef and I'm entirely basing everything around being this mm-hmm. chef spoilers and that's a that's a really good it's fine that's episode one stuff you guys <laughs> will hear that next week probably it depends how sick Troy is um it's yeah it all being based like i like finding a starting concept just because it makes it so much easier to come up with anything else because i really struggle to like write a wizard or anything even though i'm like cool i like these spells and stuff but it's like i have no idea what i want to do in the world you know yeah and you can't come up with that until you have a basic concept and that's yeah i guess that's my character creation (laughs)
3: Uh
2: Char- Lucy and I also like to create uh siblings, so uh,
0: Yeah, for <laughs> we- our we, we make siblings and we always have a name joke. So our last name was Water for one season, so we were Chug and Jug. One season. And our brother Rug.
2: Yeah. And we're also for the upcoming one, we're uh the like air the heirs of Taco Bell. So we're our last name is Bell. Okay, I didn't know that. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, Charlie's running this. We haven't told him this yet. Um, we were we're twins who got separated at birth, and then we parent trapped our parents.
2: <laughs> and we're very rich. My name and is Penelope cool.
0: Bell, Pal Bell for short. <laughs> Charlie looks fucking real.
2: <laughs> and my name is I think is it Elliot, and I'm El Bell.
0: Yeah, you're L Bell. We're El, uh, we're uh, Bell and L Bell.
2: My- my uh my part time cool. job Charlie, is that I'm on the board of uh I'm on the board at Taco Bell. Um, and I sit there the whole time, uh, not paying attention on my phone. Very cool. <laughs> Plain steak.
0: Charlie, you should be so fucking glad we decided with Pal and L, because originally we were both gonna be called Ashley. <laughs> we were gonna have the same name.
1: <laughs> Very good. Uh, Charlie, serious. I, I can't. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I have one last question, which is Exciting. from Dusty, uh, which is about we're talking about editing and stuff. And my only problem with recording online is there's two things: I don't like that we can't split off. Two, editing is so much harder. And uh, they're asking about like how we edit, how I edit our show. So I thought I'd just talk about that really quick,
3: mm. um, and the actual sure production thing. stuff
0: behind it. So when we record online. Everyone will record their own feeds and I will have a bot record everything. uh, Everyone pulls their audio. Everyone sends it to to me. Sends it to me. I will sync everything, take away the bot so we have our actual nice microphone quality audio. And then I will go through and edit that. But I will pull stuff forward and back as needed to make it um, all flow. Because we're slightly uh, separated and we kind of talk over each other and that sort of stuff. The boys are very good at restarting their sentences. And we do this sometimes they're not and i make them and my background for editing is video editing and like short form stuff so i get really like granular when it comes to editing i will edit a like half a second pause to be like four tenths of a second like i really pull stuff together which makes editing take a very long time but it's very fun and yeah that's how it kind of sounds quite slick and conversational is I take out all of the ums and ahs, because we all um and ar a lot and yes. although not all of them. <laughs> and I will like stitch together two sessions. That's like honestly that's my fucking pride and joy.
2: I also want to say that yeah, he's Tom... a champion who edits yep. whole episodes in like you know by Wednesday so that that's I can ha- I can star. sound edit it on Thursday. Which is crazy cuz sound editing takes me like no time at all compared to how long it takes lucy to actually edit so lucy could realistically send it to me thursday night 9 p.m and be like can you do it now and i'd go yeah i guess so and i could get it done before friday
0: (laughs) honestly i felt bad sending it to you yesterday because my goal is to have it done on tuesday night but my cough came back because i had covid last week oh my cough came back quite badly Um, and the only time
1: i've edited was during r because i want I like music and sound effects in my art.
0: I've never listened back to art. I feel like I should.
1: It's good. It's good. Lucy. I'm Lucy. Who's the biggest pauser? Oh,
0: it's definitely between you and Tom.
1: Mm.
0: I'm going to... It's Okay. It's usually whoever's DMing, actually. True. Because they have to pause and think about what they want to do next.
1: You make us sound so smart.
0: <laughs> uh, so, and Tom will pause for quite a long time. And he also restarts his sentences a lot when he's dming charlie you pause all of the time (laughs) i think i'm just thinking about tom because i'm editing what he's dming currently
2: i mean i Um, say like far too much in puppets it's actually insane i was listening back to puppets uh like the fucking hell when i was listening to episode 11 or 12 i can't remember which one there's a point where i say it's like you like there's like this um there's like this, and I say it like that, and I sound like a fucking idiot, because I'm trying to communicate my point, but I say like every second word and um and, and, and between every word. It's because like, oh, fucking hell, when I'm DMing, <laughs> I'm trying to make it as undispa- understandable as possible to players, which yeah. inevitably leads to my brain lagging, because I'm trying
1: to think about how you guys would be thinking about it. Yeah, And like and um are such easy bridge words Yeah, that you don't notice when you're saying them.
0: I pull a lot of that, but sometimes it's really hard because, especially for Tom, because you can talk quite quickly when you like realize exactly what you want to say, so it's hard yeah. to pull out some of them.
1: Sure. I'm trying to, but also separate my ums recently.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say Charlie's number one thing is he will go um anyway da da da, and it's just it's quite impressive. I think that's everything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, just the final thing of the production. Troy is the final bastion of production who will upload the episodes and do the title and the descriptions right. and stuff like that. And then that yes. all goes online. Charlie is the only one who does absolutely nothing and sits on his bum bum all day <laughs> farting and drinking his uh,
1: tea. I'm a lazy little boy. I don't want to do work. I'm just here for the sillies.
0: Um, oh, one last thing that Dusty asked me about was starting a show. The number one thing is just to make something. Mm. But the most important Thing I think we've ever done for season quest is we did a pilot. Yeah. We recorded for about three hours, and I didn't even edit all of it. Edit all of it. I just went through and I edited the first probably fifteen minutes of it, and then I listened to some more of it, and I made notes of all the things we need to do differently, like etiquette and how to make the sound quality better, and if we're happy with like the material and how our characters interact, and we changed all of that before we started recording proper. And that's really important mm. for something like a D&D podcast because ours is narrative. And if we fucked all of that up on the first episode of Winter, <laughs> not only would people not really want to listen to Season Quest, people wouldn't want to listen to that episode or those first two episodes and the entire session feels lost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do a pilot. That's the number one thing to do. And find people you want to do it with.
3: Yeah, don't make our just...
0: mistake. <laughs> You're a bitch. Hey, thank you for listening to Season Quest. (laughs) That's it. That's how I'm going to end this. Fuck you. I've been Lucy.
2: I've been Charlie. I've been Tom. And I've been (laughs) Troy.
0: These people are my friends and I actually love them. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.